we ought to look at our God instead of the mountains. Amen. Well, it's so good to have you today, and I hope you came to have a good time in the Lord. I already have. The singing has been great, and uh, I trust that uh, God will bless you for being here today. If you would take your Bible to the book of Mark, join me in the book of Mark, uh, chapter number 7. We continue our preaching through the book of Mark with the theme of to be more like Jesus. I think that ought to be our, our goal to to be more like him each day, don't you? And uh, I think the Bible said he has predestinated us to be conformed to the image of his dear son. And I think that's that ought to be our goal. Amen. Well, take your Bible now and follow me along, if you would, please, to Mark chapter number 7. We'd like to welcome all of you who've joined us by way of live stream, wherever you are, and by way of radio. We're so glad that you're with us. And Hope you enjoy yourself today. Mark chapter number 7 and verse number 31. Please look at that with me if you would please. Give you just a minute to find your place. If you have a Bible like mine, it's on page 1055. If you're not, it's somewhere between the Old and New Testament. Verse number 32. Look at the first two words. And again, that's my sermon title today. And again, how many agains have you had in your life that God has taken care of? And again, I got up this morning and again, the sun was right where it's supposed to be. I got up this morning and again. God has provided my every need up until this hour. Uh, I got up today, uh, 73 years old, and again, I felt 73 years old. (laughs) Some of you can say again, you got up this morning and mother burnt breakfast. Some of you can say again, you got up and she had no breakfast. Some of you might say again, You got up and went to the donut shop. (laughs) Have there ever been any agains in your life? See, again, points in two directions. It points back to what has previously taken place. And it also points toward the miraculous, the wonderful, The walk, the fellowship, and relationship with our great God. Isn't that wonderful? Now let me do something. I'm going to do something now. I want you to look at that first phrase and again. And look down, if you would please, at verse number 36. Verse 37, I'm sorry. In the middle of the verse. He hath done all things well. Could I please take the phrase in verse 31 and again and tie it with that phrase in verse 37. He hath done all things well. Do you think maybe there's a message in that anywhere? Is there a message for that out of that for you that 
Maybe we're facing some trials, some difficulties, some hardships. Uh, Maybe you have teenagers. And maybe you just have a baby. I have great news for you. And again, he hath done all things well. And let me say this. And again, he will continue to do all things well. Isn't that wonderful? Let's read it now. Verse 31. And again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came into the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of Decapolis. And they bring unto him one that is deaf and had an impediment of speech. And they beseech him to put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers into his ears. And he spit and touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed, said unto him, Epraphtha, which is, be opened. And straightway, his ears were opened. And the string of his tongue was loosed and he spake plain and he charged them that they should tell no man but the more he charged them so much the more a great deal they published it when you have something miraculous happen to you it's almost impossible to keep your mouth shut And the reason so many Christians can keep their mouth shut Verse 37 And were beyond measure astonished Have you ever been astonished beyond measure? Did you keep it to yourself? When somebody is astonished beyond measure. Now, when they were astonished beyond measure, they began to say, He hath done all things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. Now, our Father today, help me to be expedient. And Lord, I pray today that Everything that is said and done, every thought would be for your honor and your glory. Lord, for just a little while, help us to put self on the shelf. And let us, oh dear God, put all the hurt, the disappointment, the sadness, the sorrow. And Lord... The anxiety about tomorrow. Help us just put it out of our mind just for a little while. And may we come before your presence today to worship and to experience the Almighty God of heaven. We love you and praise you today. In Jesus' name, amen.
Our Lord has just fed 5,000 plus men and women with a Captain D's kiddies meal that is two sardines and five hush puppies. And he, let's go to lunch. (laughs) And he has miraculously multiplied and supplied everybody on that hillside enough to eat and had 12 baskets left over. Do you think anybody in that crowd would say, and again, yes, again, he hath done all things well. He left there and he took a little stroll and he was walking on the water. The disciples saw him walking on the water. Do you think maybe anybody in that boat could say, and again, (laughs) he's done the miraculous. Are you glad that your God's not out of miracles? Are you glad that your God is just as big as you will let him be in your life? You say, preacher, I can't walk on water. You ever tried it? Why haven't you tried it? You know it won't work. And again, he's done all things well. Comes face to face with a Gentile girl that is demon possessed, probably a teenager. And it is, it is a teenager. I'm not, I'm not picking on our kids, but I've had six of them, and all of them were demon possessed. But you know how unruly and how upsetting to the household a rebellious child can be. And here is a child that has broken the mama's heart, broken the daddy's heart, and has absolutely caused the home to be dysfunctional. And they heard that Jesus, that Jew from Jerusalem, the one who was raised in Nazareth, they heard he was in town. They'd heard how he had walked on the water, how he had multiplied the food, had healed the sick, raised the dead. They've heard all about that. And now they've heard that Jesus is in town. And they said to themselves, I wonder if he could do it again. Is there anybody here now? I I just wonder if it'll work over here. And Jesus spoke the word. The devil left. And again, when daddy looked at the little baby laying on the bed after the foaming struggle with the devil, and after the devil had wrestled and flung the child on the bed, the daddy walked in and he said, yes, sir, again, he hath done all things well. Ain't our God wonderful? Wouldn't it be nice if we let God be God again? Wouldn't it be nice if we really believed that he walked on the water? Wouldn't it really be something if we believed and acted like we believe? That he can supply 
All of our needs according to his riches and glory. Wouldn't it be something if we just actually believed that he could do it again? I don't know what's going on in your life and you don't know what's going on in my life. I don't know what hurt. I don't know sorrow. I don't know what's going on. But I do know a God that can do it again. Is there anybody here now? Uh, Did you just come to burn 30 minutes or did you come to hear about a God that can do it again? I don't know about you, but I kind of like a God that will go from miracle to miracle and I can go with him, but I do not have to have the miracle to believe that God can do it. I just believe God can do it. Therefore, I have a miracle continually in my life. I don't follow God because of his miracles. I follow God because he can provide a miracle. From one impossible need to another. As you read the New Testament, as we take our trip to the book of Mark, it has, uh, it has become uh, Christ fulfilling one need right after another. Helping a person nameless many times, nameless individuals, that Jesus just goes from one nameless individual to a Another nameless individual doing miraculous things so that Mark can say, and again, again, he hath done all things well. I don't know about you, but that kind of does something for my little ship. We follow our Lord from one touch to another. From a grievously vexed child demon-possessed to a deaf-mute, locked in a body, never to hear. That's probably the reason his speech was not good. Because our speech has to do with what we hear. Children learn how to speak from their parents. And if they never hear what the parents say and how to form words, they do not know how to speak. So here is an individual locked inside a speechless Silent life. Locked. Are there any folks here today that are claustrophobic? My wife is extremely claustrophobic. She would tear down. She did tear down. Now, I am not like, uh, didn't the bakers have an air-conditioned doghouse? I'm sure their air-conditioned doghouse is better than my air-conditioned doghouse. 
And I put a lock on our on my doghouse. It's about a eight by twelve. What'd you say, Jim? Eight by twelve portable building. Got double doors swinging this way. And I had a latch on it. And I put the latch on backwards, not on purpose. I just wanted to see if God could do it again. (laughs) And he did. One day my wife walked in the building, closed the door, locked. Needless to say, I need a new door. How that little lady could tear two by fours in two with one, <laughs> one snatch. I am not claustrophobic, but I was reading recently, a few years ago, that the worst blackout in all of America's history took place in the Northeast. On August 14th, on Thursday, 4.30, the electrical power in the Northeast ceased, just blacked out. Four United States states were completely shut out of power. Canada providences were shut down. Detroit, New York City, Toronto, Toledo, Newark, New Jersey, Buffalo, New York, and all the places between were just completely blacked out. On the Empire State Building, between the 52nd and the 53rd floor, a young man was in an elevator by himself, stuck in that elevator 225 feet above ground, black as sackcloth. He was in that elevator for five hours. He said, I've never been as scared. I've never felt the depth of darkness and loneliness in my life. He said that was the most dreaded hell he'd ever been in his life. Black, so black and dark you could see nothing. And he said, I tried to pry the door open. I kicked, I screamed. I did everything I could to get out of that dark hell hole. He said, all I thought about was getting out of that dark, Lonely hellhole. That describes the young man in our text. Locked, trapped, if you please. In a place of silent. Locked. That's what sin does for you. It locks you up. 
Notice, if you would please, I'd like to take the text and again, there is a man, a person, verse 31 and 32. Jesus knew the person. He knew of the person before he went. And again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came into the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of Decapolis. Decapolis in the Greek means ten cities. And along the seacoast, Jesus was making his way into Gentile country. And he made his way. And the Bible said as he made his way through the seacoast, through the cities of Decapolis. Notice now. And they bring unto him one that is deaf, had an impediment of speech. And they beseech him to put his hand on him. And again, like the little girl, and again, like the multitudes of those who, are, who have been healed previously, and again, there's a man with a need. You know why we're here today? We all have a need. It may not be as big a need. It may not be as drastic a need. As I preach and as I look at your face, you know somebody left our church one time because I, I preached to their face. <laughs> Came to my office and said, Preacher, I'm leaving. I said, Why? He said, You preached to the, my face. I said, well, You got another part you want me to preach to? I'll be glad to. <laughs> but as I look to faces, I not only see faces, but I see hearts. And I know some of your needs. I know some of your hurts. I know some of your wants. I'd just like to introduce you to the guy who can do it again. And in the text, we see a man in need. And I'm glad that Jesus knew the need before he got there. And uh, again, look in verse 31. As Jesus moves... He meets a nameless man with a need. I want our church to get an example here if that be all right. First of all, I'd like to show you that there needed to be some bringing. A man did not know where to come. A man probably didn't even know why he came. Here is a man who has no faith because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Here's a man he can't hear. How is God going to heal this guy if he has no faith? He's going to heal the man because of their faith. Our church would be a lot greater church if we just believed God could save anybody. Our church would be a lot bigger church if Jesus looked down and saw our faith, it might be to somebody else's benefit. They brought him. They beseeched him. They had faith in him. And I'd like for our church today to see that sinner next door, that sinner that lives in your family, that old hellicious hell-raising or that prostitute or that pimp. Hey, they need to be saved. I believe our God can do it again. 
I just believe our God could do it again. I, I, I see a teaching here. I see that they bring him. By the way, I preached a message years ago on Andrew brought his brother Peter, found his brother Peter and brought him to Jesus. And when I asked my wife what we was going to name our son, she said, Lucifer. <laughs> I suggested Andrew. We voted and we named him Andrew. Every once in a while, I'd like to change his name. But they brought him to Jesus. You see that? In a Gentile country where they don't know too much about God, worshiping idols, and somehow the news has filtered down to those folks around Decapolis and somehow or another the word has gotten out and somebody said, hey, this thing, this, this Galilean, this miracle worker, this water walker, hey, this guy that's serving fish and, uh, and, and hush puppies, he's in town and I just believe if we can take our friend who has never heard, our friend who cannot ask, our friend, if we'll take him, I believe that he'll fix it. Isn't that wonderful? There's a bringing and there's a beseeching. The Bible said, and they beseeched him. They cared for him. They brought him. They begged him. They asked him, hey, what's wrong with praying for the folks you don't like? Somebody says, well, I'm not praying for them. You know, if you prayed for them a while, I bet God would change them. Or you. (laughs) At least a change would take place. Uh, You folk don't like me. Pray for me. Because I'm not changing, but you might. (laughs) Come on now, say amen. And I'd just like to say to you today, if you don't get another thing out of this, and again, he did all things well. So somebody cared, somebody brought, somebody said, somebody said, somebody brought, somebody drove a bus, somebody went visiting on Saturday, somebody joined the crowd and went soul winning on Saturday, somebody, 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 and they brought him. Notice, again, we see a man, but again, we see a plan. No, we don't yet. We're looking for a plan. <laughs> Amen. The problem is that JT just ordered a pizza. <laughs> and he's in between a, a big gulp and a bite. Me and JT have a plan. He's going to keep me some of the pizza right after church. Aren't you glad that Jesus had a plan? Look at it if you would, please. I want you to look at just these verses together. Here it is. I want you to look at, at, at a verse, at verse number uh, 33. The Bible says, notice, and he took him aside from the multitude, put his fingers into his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. And looking up at heaven, he signed 
and said unto him, Epaphra, that is, be opened. He had a plan. First of all, notice, he took him aside. This thing with Jesus is a personal thing. Now get this. You can't be saved for your kids. And your kids can't be saved for you. The best thing parents can do is teach the kids that a relationship with Jesus is a personal and many times a private thing. If you're going to win some by the Lord, you don't need a cheerleader. You don't need to take the Dallas Cowgirls along with you. It is a private, personal thing. And any distraction the devil will use to keep that person from being saved. We teach our folk to go in pairs. One to do the soul winning. And the other one to babysit. We teach our folks how to get the television off. I used to teach our folks how to get in the door even if they don't want you in. I used to teach our folks, get them to say something. Now we don't do that. High pressure is is gone. And now we let the Holy Spirit do what he's supposed to do. And we do what we're supposed to do. So we do not put notches on our spiritual pistol anymore because somebody said a few words. But I'll tell you one thing. It's difficult to win anybody to Christ with a room full of folk. And Jesus had a man who had a need. And he took him aside. It's a personal thing. Do you have a personal walk? With our Lord. It's not about being Baptist. It's about. You and Jesus. I'm not talking about that heavenly father. way up. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. The sinless son of God. Who came to die. And he died that you might be saved. That you and he might have a personal. Relationship. I wonder. This week. Has Jesus taken you aside? Well, there was nobody there but just you and Jesus. So, oh yes, me and Jesus and old Roberts on the television. <laughs> no, just, just you and Jesus. That he might open the deaf ears. The Bible said, he that hath an ear, let him hear. I'm just talking to you now because I love you. But he has a plan. And if you'll get along with him, just you and him. Again. <laughs> and again, he'll do all things well. Oh, you say, preacher, I'm going through some things. I, I, I just don't know. I, I, let me tell you something. Get along with him. Years ago, I was in evangelism. Two and a half years I spent evangelism. That's why I'm about half retarded. <laughs> Going through the deepest, darkest part of my 73 years on this earth. 
lonely, broke, homeless, preaching meetings every week someplace. You know, and it's awful shocking to a maid in a motel when she walks in a room and a six-foot skinny preacher standing in the middle of his bed with his Bible in his hand, jumping up and down, praising God. In his BVDs. Thank God for BVDs. If I'd have been the Hulk, they'd have been gone. I don't care how deep your valley. I don't care how lonely your situation. This thing about serving God is a personal, private. And I just wanted to shout the other day when I saw just he and a man locked in a prison of silence. Just he and Jesus. He has a plan. I tell you, that's better than snuff and not near as dusty. Amen. Notice that taken aside, verse 33, the Bible said, and he touched him. That's what it says in it in verse 33. And he took him aside from the multitude and he put his fingers in his ears and he spat and touched his tongue. I got to close. Could I ask you a question? Why didn't Jesus just speak and the fellow talk? Because he just spoke and the demon left the child in the last situation. Why didn't he do that? Why did he have to touch him? Everybody's faith is not the same. Now, if you look in verse 32, and they bring unto him one that is deaf and has impediment of speech, and they beseech him to put his hand upon him. Their faith was that if Jesus would touch him, chapter 6 and verse 52, and whithersoever he entered into the villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch. Touch. That lady that made her way through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment, he said, I felt virtue from me. They believed that if they could get to Jesus, it was the touch that did the business. It would probably help you if you'd allow Jesus to touch you. A song touching Jesus. I wonder today, would we be a better bunch if we'd just allow him 
to touch us. The touching, the teaching. Verse 32. They bring one. They had faith. That if he would but touch him. He would be healed. We are saved by faith. We walk by faith. We pray by faith. And pay by cash. And worry about everything in the world. I know folks who's worried about me going into debt too deep. But they live by faith. I know folks who think Wolfenbar's crazy for building, start out a $2 million job. Look like it's going to end up, according to Billy, if he don't watch a little bit, him and Andrew, a $3 million building. What's a 73-year-old man doing borrowing that much money to get people saved? To create classrooms. To make room for bus kids. Just believing that God still honors faith. They brought him. And the teaching was, if you'll touch Jesus, you'll be healed. I just believe with all my heart. Listen to what Augustine said. Understanding is the reward of faith. Get this now. Understanding is the reward of faith. Therefore seek not to understand that thou mayest believe, but believe that thou mayest understand. See, if you don't believe, there's no way in the world you can understand. And once you believe, you can understand. You know, I believe my dog will tree a coon. That's why I turn him loose. And by believing, I watch him do it. Then I understand that he can do it. I just wonder why there's so many folk who's Trying to understand before they believe. You can't understand God. You can't understand how he can walk on the water, multiply the fish. You can't understand that. You just got to believe it. After you believe it, you'll have no trouble. You'll understand it. And that's the teaching. I close with the publicity. Notice this. You just can't keep good news to yourself. It's, it's, I, I'm, look at this. I'm done. And he charged them, verse 36, he charged them that they should tell no man. Why? Because he has not been glorified yet. He has not been crucified yet. He has not paid the sin debt yet. He has not accomplished what he came for. This is just petty cash along the way. The big deal, the big payment, the big hoorah is going to happen at Calvary. 
And he said, don't tell anybody who's doing this. And the Bible said the more that uh, he charged them, the greater deal they published it. You know, sometimes you just can't understand people. The hardest thing in the world to do is to understand and figure out people. It's much like understanding a lot of things. I don't understand how that Superman could stop bullets, but he ducked every time somebody threw a gun at him. Is there anybody here? I I don't understand how much deeper the ocean would be. I just don't understand if the sponges didn't grow there. You think about that a minute. Why do we wait until a pig is dead to cure it? It's just some things hard to understand. Why do we wash bath towels? Aren't we clean when we use them? People are kind of hard to understand to me. Why does why doesn't glue stick inside the bottle instead of the outside? See, you don't have to understand something. Should you trust a stockbroker who's married to a travel agent? No. By the way, sooner or later, doesn't everyone quit smoking? What's the big deal then? You know they're going to stop. (laughs) I don't understand why you can tell somebody there's a billion stars and they agree. But you put a wet sign on on a wall... Fresh paint, they got to touch it. People are just crazy. The more he told them not to, the more they did it. Now, after he's gone and he told us to, nobody do. I don't, I don't understand, people. Do you understand? I don't understand, people. You've been fishing. But Jim got that sunburn soul winning on Saturday. I don't understand that, do you? A man with a plan that couldn't keep it quiet after he met the Lord. I think that's wonderful. Those last two or three verses, I see a change. I see a charge. I see a celebration. I just think maybe as I close for the fifth time. I think the crust of the message is. If you want your speech changed. You come to Jesus. If you want your hearing fixed. You just need to come to Jesus. He would a plan how to do it. And it's a personal thing. It's between you and him. And if you want to go to heaven. 
Don't ask a whole big crowd how, how they're going. You just need to get along with him right down here and say, Lord, I'm a sinner and I need you to save me. I want to go to heaven. I'd like to have my sins forgiven. It's between you and him, not between me and you. It's between you and him.